Welcome to Housing Development. I'm Jerry Howard. And I'm Jim Tobin. Good morning, Jerry. Good morning, Jim. How are you doing? I'm doing. Uh, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. The weather seems to have turned uh, decidedly more fallish here in the uh, greater DC area, and uh, so that that makes me feel happy. I like it when it's a little cooler. Well, Jim, when you're happy, I'm happy. So that that's <laughs> just it just tickles my cockles and. My... <laughs> There's an old Irish song that mentions cockles, I believe. Anyway, um, thanks for sharing all that. Uh, I didn't realize this was your own personal <laughs> therapy session. Um, That's right. I'm on the couch this morning. So. How can you be so happy and so calm when the tax fate of our members is squarely in your hands? Uh, it looks like tax increases are coming at us from the corporate side, from the individual side, from the small business side, from every side. And yet you're happy, Jim. <laughs> you can celebrate the weather when we're talking about major clouds on the horizon. Please explain that to me. Well, you know, I'm, an, I'm, I'm always an optimist, so uh, I'll, I'll take where I can get it. But but uh, but yeah, just over the horizon, as you said, of the, of the, of the, the nice weather, there, there are definitely uh, storm clouds gathering as the Democrat, Democrats prepare to uh, to try to unveil uh, what they've termed uh, you know their three and a half trillion dollar social spending uh, spree uh, and, uh, and and as we've talked to, you know briefly on other podcasts through the course of the last few weeks uh, there's there is a host of of tax increases on on this on this package that uh, many of which if not uh, all of which are going to impact our builders and we're watching it very carefully. Uh, the politics of this have yet to play out, but uh, but our members need to be aware of uh, of uh, some some downside to all of this. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it seems to me that there's more than just some downside. Uh, I'm hearing today that uh, Schumer has announced that they've agreed to the package. The the Senate Democrats, the House Democrats, and the White House. Do we have any idea what the details are yet? We don't. Uh, I, you know, I think there's a couple things at play here on that that announcement yesterday. So the the Senate, you said that the the three pillars of the uh, of the Democratic plan on the tax side have have, have come Lord, together. May they be pillars of salt. <laughs> uh, they've come together on 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 the pay fors uh, to pay for this three and a half trillion dollar package. But interestingly enough, Ron Wyden has only hinted at uh, various pieces of what his package is. He's the Senate Finance Chairman. Richard Richard Neal, the House Ways and Means Chairman, he's actually marked up his legislation. Uh, there's a lot of lot of uh, two trillion dollars in tax increases tax increases in his package. And then the White House, of course, has a whole bunch of issues either in Richard Neal, Richie Neal's package. Or in Wyden's package, or something that is even in there yet. They came out and announced a deal, but they haven't told anybody what's in it. Uh, the one thing that I think is clearly off the table is stepped-up basis uh, when it comes to uh, the estate tax uh, or, uh, or or the death tax, so to speak. So I think that's the one thing that that Richie Neal, who's been a little bit looser-lipped on this, has mentioned that that's out of the package. Uh, there's still talk about reporting requirements for banks. There's talk about uh, how, how do you, the corporate rate going up? A lot of things, but nothing specific about where we're headed. But it was important in the Democrat circles to get out something because they're trying to placate the progressives 
who threatened to derail the bipartisan infrastructure bill that is slated for a vote in the House uh, on Monday. And I think it's a lot of sleight of hand to try to buy them some goodwill with the progressives. I'm not sure it's going to work. Um, And not only that, but I'll even throw one back at you. So they've agreed to this mysterious package and they've called it a Chinese menu of tax increases to pay for the ultimate package, no matter what size it is. Turns out that house package that they're they're cobbling together over the last couple of weeks, remember their their, their top line budget is three and a half trillion dollars. They're over by at least some estimates say a trillion dollars. The House committee is responsible for putting together the package, maybe at a four and a half trillion dollar spending package. So they've got some cutting to do over the weekend uh, and and into next week if they're gonna even think of moving this package forward. And so what's your prognosis? I think this thing has to die a couple times before it gets somewhere. So my my gut tells me that the progressives kill the biff on Monday the 27th. So uh, you know for for the, you know when y'all hear this podcast we're looking ahead to Monday the 27th is kind of D-day for the bipartisan package that if it passes the house goes to the president's desk. I am I think there's a, a good chance the progressives pull away from that and it fails. There aren't enough Republicans that will vote for it. Uh, and there aren't enough moderates and, and rank and file Democrats to vote for it to overcome uh, the, the amount of progressives that may vote against it. Uh, and then I believe that the House is going to have a hard time putting their bill on the floor because you have, again, this group of 10 or 12 moderate Democrats who are going to be really unhappy with what it looks like. Several of them voted for various pieces coming out of the committees. So I think that that delays this. And that's not even talking about the cinema and mansion angle on the Senate side, where at the president's request this week, the president said, please give me your top line number. Let's start working on this. They have yet to do that. Manchin said he wants it smaller, one and a half trillion dollars, maybe. Uh, so I, there's a long way to go on this. Um, and, and I think there's going to be a lot of fits and starts before we really start to see what the real momentum looks like. Well, now that you explain it to me, I, I'm feeling a lot more relaxed and I, I may, uh, in fact, uh, drink a, a margarita or two this weekend <laughs> during the weather. Uh, but so you're not thinking that anything's really going to come of this until later in the fall. Do you think that they will shut down the government before? I don't. I don't. That's the other big thing that's playing here, right, Jerry? Uh, you've got you've got a package passed by the House last week that contains the CR to fund the government, uh, which is desperately needed. Obviously, after September 30th, they're going to fund it into December to allow the appropriators to continue their work. There's disaster assistance in there for hard hit Louisiana, and then and then uh, the South got hit by that that second tropical storm that jumped jumped a lot of rain. And then the real problem in that package is the debt ceiling. The Democrats need to raise the debt ceiling, not only to pay for previous packages. We've put a lot of money on the, on the debt through COVID relief over the last year and a half. But they also need the debt ceiling relief because they want to put three and a half trillion dollars in play with their new, uh, their new infrastructure, well, well, infrastructure, but also uh, their reconciliation package. So they need the room. Mitch McConnell has vowed to not help them raise the debt ceiling one bit, uh, and he has stuck to that. The Senate is going to try to pass that House bill that has all three of those components. It will fail. Um, you need, you need 10, 10 Republicans to go along with it. 
So invariably, I believe what will happen is the, the Democrats will pass a CR. Uh, perhaps they will attach the disaster funding to it. Uh, they will get it done by September 30th. The Senate will, will vote for that two-step package. And then the Democrats are going to have to move on their own on the, on the, on the debt, and they're going to have to own it. Uh, the, the moderates don't want to do that. They don't want to have a number in mind. They don't want to, because that is an easy target for uh, any kind of Republican opponent uh, on a Democrat saying, by the way, you've just raised the debt limit $3 trillion. Sorry, I went through all of them there. So that's the, that's the other mechanics of this, but I, I don't think we see the government shut down, no. So I guess what you're telling uh, our listeners, Jim, is that uh, everyone can kick off their shoes, sit back, prepare to enjoy uh, the college and professional football season. You've got everything well in hand and you're going to sometime around Thanksgiving. Yeah, absolutely not. No, that's that's one thing we can't do. We are we are absolutely vigilant on this and the members need to be vigilant on it as well. Uh, as we get going on this, uh, please, I, obviously our, our listeners are uh, listening to the podcast, but we will be uh, doing grassroots alerts. Our, our uh, you know, Paul Lopez and his team are cranking out blog posts. That's the Probably the most the, the most important way to get information on this. We're going to ask you to talk to your members of Congress. I talked about that Chinese menu. I assure you that what no matter what size the package looks like, uh, and the smaller it gets, the better for us. No doubt about it. Uh, it'll lessen the impact, but there will be impacts, and we're going to want to make sure that not only are we lobbying against those negative impacts, uh, but that we're going to work like we always do when it comes to tax policies, especially in. Three years ago, when you and I worked so closely together on, on, on the Trump tax reform, then it turns into uh, not only lobbying, but also explaining the impacts to our members and helping them prepare down the road for those tax changes. And that's what we do here at NAHB. It's trying to make sure that our members are, are well aware of the, the upsides, downsides, and then how to prepare for them and then how to comply with them. But we're on it. Uh, the members need to be on it. You run into your member of Congress, tell them. The housing industry is cooking along right now. You want to kill the golden goose? Then please raise taxes, not only on small businesses, but want to keep raising taxes on Americans too. We don't need that right now. I completely agree with you. Now, let me ask you another question here. Suppose that they do put this all together, the Democrats uh, toe the line and they do pass tax increases. Now flash forward to uh, November, 2022, uh, the midterm elections. Uh, the Republicans, let's just hypothesize that they retake the House and the Senate. Would they then move to uh, roll back the tax increases and would they could they be successful? No, they, they would need to own the White House. That, that's really the key here. If you remember when the Trump tax credit, the, the, the Trump tax cuts came through, it was because the, the Republicans owned both the House and the Senate. They were able to use the reconciliation measures. They didn't need Democrats. And they didn't take they didn't use any Democrats and they pushed through the, the, the Trump tax cuts. Democrats are right in the same mode right now. They own the House, the Senate, the White House. They're using the same reconciliation tactics uh, that, that the uh, that the Republicans used. They've just got tighter margins than the Republicans had at that time. So their their window of opportunity is is much narrower. And we're seeing that play out with Manchin Cinema and then the moderates on the House side having much more sway. Uh, than the, the moderates, perhaps, and the Republicans did three years ago. Uh, but no, I think what we're going to find is the Republicans are going to complain. Sure, they'll pass some legislation trying to roll roll things back, but until they own the White House, uh, we're going to have to live with this until we get to uh, either a, a president 
a Republican president or uh, or don't forget a lot of those Trump tax cuts expire at the end of 2025. So we are heading for another round of tax legislation as we get into, into 2025 and a new president at that point or the same president. Who knows? So what you're saying to me is sadly that uh, our country is still being uh, run uh, by uh, the extremes in both parties uh, and that whichever party has uh, the control of the White House will push its philosophical view uh, through the through the legislative or regulatory process and that compromise and moderation is not something that you foresee in the near future. Well, so so a couple things you said there, Jerry. Number one, and the most important, if the Republicans take back one or both houses uh, in almost a year from now, that means Joe Biden, for the last two years of his first term, will use regulatory fiat and executive order, something that we saw President Trump do. We see every president does it. That's the challenge for our industry moving forward, because there's very little uh, a legislative legislature can do to slow down regulatory burdens. We're going to see them no matter what, but that's where, in my mind, lawmaking is going to get done uh, post-election next year. The other side of it is you and I have worked closely with, with the 52 members, 54 members of the Problem Solvers Caucus. They were the driver behind the bipartisan infrastructure deal. Um, but I don't see anything else. I think you're right. I think that was the high watermark for bipartisanship over the next couple of years. Uh, and, um, and, and, and while it's good, we support the bipartisan infrastructure package. Uh, but I, I think that's the last big thing we see for a while, unfortunately. I, think, uh, I, I agree with you, Jim. And I think that that package is uh, the high watermark, not of the last couple of years, but for the last several years and for the foreseeable <laughs> future, I mean, yeah. uh, it's the high water mark and we're in the middle of a drought. That's for damn yeah. sure. Yeah. Jerry, but, you know, before we go shifting gears a little bit from uh, from the inside the beltway uh, in, in politics over the next few months. Uh, look, we're, we're getting ready for IBS. Tell, tell us a little bit about the, progno- you know, the, the prognosis for the show and uh, and how things are going. Well, the good news is, is that uh, booth space sales, while a little bit, uh, sluggish still due to concerns about the pandemic are going pretty strong. We're going to have a pretty good sized show. Yeah, uh, uh, our, our friends and partners at the kitchen and bath industry are reporting pretty much the same outcome and hopes for their side of the show as well. Uh, registration is is open. It's been open since the 1st of September and registration is actually going more, more gung ho than booth space sales. Our members are anxious to get back together, uh, to interact with one another, and to to see uh, the new stuff that's going to be uh, available for the for the housing sector, uh, we've got confirmation from Magic Johnson as our uh, keynote speaker. Uh, and I understand, Jim, that you're going to challenge him to a one-on-one game of <laughs> basketball. Uh, and I also know that we've got Trace Adkins lined up. Yeah, uh, is our closing spike concert. So it's going to be a great show. Um, we are very optimistic with the way some of the uh, other shows that are going on this fall are being received and how they're handling uh, health and safety. And I want our listeners to know that NHB is going to do whatever we can um, to put on the safest possible show uh, that we could possibly do, uh, but that we will be having an IBS. And we're looking forward to everybody getting back together in Orlando. 
Yeah, that's that's great, Jerry. I was, as you know, I was down in, in North Carolina. They had their their 21st Century Expo, uh, and uh, and and they're you know they they have a it's a modest trade show, but the aisles look great. A lot of members just happy to be back together. That's their first in person meeting in, in in over a year and a half. So I, I think that that for me at least bodes well that uh, at the state level, people are getting back out and want to get together. That's I'm really optimistic about a great IBS. Uh, from your mouth to God's ears, Jim. <laughs> That's right. So with that, Jim, I will wish you and your family a very uh, lovely weekend. I look forward to uh, seeing you next week in the office. Uh, and this is Jerry Howard. And this is Jim Tobin. Thanks, Thanks for listening. listening.